in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated.
the question, what in the world are you going to preach this morning? <laughs> and then through all that anxiety and excitement came a very clear voice to remind them that I love. Now, first of all, I want to reassure you that I'm not hearing these disconnected, audible voices back then or now. <laughs> but second of all, I still believe the same thing back then and now. We all need to be reminded that God loves us. You know, when I moved here, these sanitation men were lifting these reinforced black garbage bags and throwing them in the back of their truck because they were filled with three years worth of seminary notes that I had not even cracked. And you're hearing this because this is the time of year that many clergy do reflect on their vocation. I mean, many of us were ordained in January or February for the practical reason it's the only time for the bishop to be able to come and ordain us because it's after Christmas and before Lent. <laughs> So what did this year's reflection be? I think that what was true on the fly there, St. Simon's Island, Georgia in 2009, is true in Hayesville, North Carolina in 2019. This is it. Remind them that I love God's words are not bound by time or place. Let's go to another time and place. If we take what the gospel text gives us this morning, it's all built up to this point. This is it. What does Jesus say? He intentionally quotes the prophet Isaiah. And then Jesus has the audacity to say that he <coughs> is the fulfillment of that prophecy. <coughs> By claiming that Isaiah's words are the purpose of his ministry. Listen again. Spirit of the Lord God is because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's faith. Give my bluntness 
That's all good stuff. <coughs> Why do some Christians give God such a bad reputation? I was getting a new cell phone over this weekend, and the sales technician had no idea he was talking to a priest. You know, talk about another angel devil situation taking place right there on my shoulders. And my identity eventually came out when we were talking about cell phone colors. Do you have a preference? He inquired. <coughs> because I'm a priest, I respond. And he about dropped that. But I'm going to tell you something else here, and it's important. We talked after that. And part of what came out in that conversation is he had no idea that God loved him. Because people are God's representatives. We are God's representatives. And he said, and I quote you these very words, Father George, you have to understand that you're talking to a heathen here. You know, we all have a ministry cut out for us. Going back even further to another time and place, we hear the Jewish people being overcome with emotion upon their return from exile in Babylon. And after this incredible horror that they have been through, the priest Ezra now reads to them from the law of the And those words reminded them that simply and that profoundly that God loved them. You know, when people heard Ezra, when people heard Jesus, when people heard George, needed to be reminded of the good news. God loves And that's hard for us to believe some of the time, isn't it? Because it's hard to believe that God loves us, loves you, especially when there's so much evidence that sometimes that God has deserted you. Because it's this ageless dilemma. God is all-powerful. God is supposedly all-loving. And then bad things happen to good people. And it just seems that bad things sometimes happen 
to certain people. Or you can make it personal here and say to yourself internally, it sometimes seems that God loves others more than God loves me because better stuff seems to happen to them. Let's go to another time and place. Let's look at this. Remind them that God loves them. Truth. In another way, because it's not new. About 2,000 years ago, St. Paul uses this image of a body to describe the church. You know, it's still quite accurate. And if we look at it, our bodies, some parts of our physical bodies are weaker, some less honorable, some less respectable than other parts of our bodies. You know, it's the same with the church, if we're honest. Does that mean that God loves the stronger members, the more honorable members, the more respectable members, more than God loves the others? Love is not based on our ability. If anything, God's love is based on our necessity. And sometimes we only have as an example of love parents, or spouses, our siblings, our friends, etc., who cannot measure up to that divine example of the love that is found in God. So God took the initiative in Jesus. Jesus still loves less than perfect people and less than perfect people still respond to that love. And follow Jesus. Let me finish with this. There's this one particular scene in the book The Hobbit where Thorin Oakenshield, who's a dwarf, issues a call to the dwarves to join him on a quest to go to a place called Lonely Mountain to retrieve the stolen jewel. And out of the Thousands of dwarves who are personally invited to go on this quest, only 12 respond positively. Does that not sound familiar? And they are not widest and best much 
a myth. You know, someone points this out to him, and Thorin responds that he would rather have these 12 out of all the others who negatively reply to his invitation. Why am I reaching? Remind them that God loves them. It's simple and it's personal. All of us need to hear it out.